Welcome to the Truckers Podcast with your host, Raymond White, telling the story of those who move America. Matt, tell us a little bit about your background and kind of what got you in the towing business and uh, some new things you're working on and just kind of let everybody know who you are and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Raymond, thank you for having me on this, uh, this uh, video chat. It's great to see you again, as always. Um, thank you for the representation that you give to the towing industry and, and the way that you represent the trucking industry. As long as we've known each other, I've been very impressed with the information and resources that you've been able to bring to both of those sectors of your business. Um, as he said, my name thank is Matt you. Ross. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> my name is Matt Ross. I'm the CEO of Tow America, also um, an owner in uh, tow service in central Arkansas. Um, been for the past decade a regulator on the uh, Arkansas Towing and Recovery Board, which is the uh, regulatory authority for the state of Arkansas for um, for towing. Uh, been the uh, legislative chair for that for about six years. Um, also sit on the ERSCA, um, uh, which is an emergency roadside uh, national body uh, advocacy group. I sit on their legislative uh, um, board as well. Um, so I've been pretty involved um, <clears throat> for the last uh, decade or more um, of my life in, in towing and recovery. Um, and Tow America uh, was founded um, uh, about a year ago, and we're a, a, a uh, network of tow companies uh, that uh, that band together and kind of pool resources. Uh, we look at key performance indicators and some of the metrics that come out of operations for the business. We do digital credentialing training and uh, just bring you know a, a wide variety of resources to tow companies. Um, and uh, well, Matt, to- tell me a little bit about what what inspired you to start. America. I mean, what were kind of the, what was the catalyst for that? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> the uh, the industry is going through, I think, a pretty natural maturation process. Um, what we we see in terms of trends for tow companies over the last five years have been um, centered around a couple of things. First of all, consolidation. We see a lot of the smaller tow companies um, going away. Um, we can see that from licensure numbers uh, in a number of states across the U.S. Um, and I think that that's conjunctive with a um, trend that we're seeing for tow companies to come out of other businesses. Traditionally, tow companies were nestled kind of within mechanics, garages or body shops. In fact, that's how ours started out. Um, but as the industry has has matured and as um, the business processes have become more sophisticated, we're seeing more and more larger tow companies. Um, more and more uh, of those companies coming out from under their parent organizations. We feel like that's a good thing in the industry. It's, uh, it's a necessity because the uh, methodologies and the equipment for towing are becoming more specific, uh, more costly. Uh, training um, is, is required at higher and higher levels. And so as those demands are put on the industry and, and, we see drivers becoming more specialized. Um, uh, the demands of that are forcing the tow companies to either kind of get bigger and uh, become independent and have their own leadership structures okay. or, uh, or, or they're kind of going away. Um, you know, fuel and insurance costs and just cost of operations, um, I think, necessitate that too. There was a, a time where 
in the body shop or in the mechanic shop, there was a mechanic or a, or a body man who would go jump on the wrecker and drive the wrecker. Um, uh, so when we look at a lot of companies that are looking to sell out, that's been how they've op- been operating. It's been, it's been tangentially. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, that, that was, uh, part of what tow America, um, um, is looking to fill and is, is filling every day providing for tow companies that are in this younger stage of their development, um, the resources of, of a more mature business platform. Absolutely. Well, I love that. Well, I'm sure you have uh, in your time have dealt with a lot of trucking companies, mm-hmm. uh, probably not on the days that trucking companies want to be, uh, you know, not maybe in the manner that you meet them that they want to. Um, yeah, we, ne- we never see anybody on a good day, right? No one ever calls, calls a tow company because they're having a good time. That's right. Well, what would you say, and this is a broad question, but from your perspective, what do trucking companies need to know about the towing industry? And, um, you know, what do they need to know? What are some things from your perspective that you feel that needs to be put out there? Yeah, I think uh, it's it's a great question. I think that um, one of the things that is different from a transportation and logistics company and uh, a tow company is the way that we meet our customers. Um, Whereas other businesses are typically pretty universal in the way that they meet their customers. I own a gas station. Um, people are coming in to purchase snacks and to buy gas. And those are the terms that I meet my customers under. The tow companies are a little bit different. Um, they certainly, most tow companies operate with a body of business that comes to them because they have a need, i.e. a trucking company's broke down and they call their tow service um, and their tow service interacts with them on that basis. We also have these other classes of people that come into our orbit um, through non-consent means, and that is via a police rotation, um, heaven forbid, a DOT inspection that didn't go so well. Um, uh, these law enforcement partners um, bring <clears throat> um, interactions with customers to our door, and those are compulsory. Uh, so, so realizing when you approach a tow company um, that that's the case if whether and and be cognizant of that whether you're calling them because you need their services and you're wanting to engage in their services or whether you're calling them because their services were first forced upon you realize that that really is not up to the tow company um Mm -hmm. the tow company is going to be on a rotation and be responsive to that rotation we think of ourselves in that terms uh in those terms as first responders Um, So we get a call. We don't know what it is. And the the police agency or law enforcement agency says, hey, come handle this. And we kind of have to engage in that first responders mentality. Because of that, a lot of tow companies are mission minded. They want to get out. They want to get the road clear. They want to keep their people safe. It's a very dangerous operating environment. They want to keep their assets safe. They're working with an interdisciplinary group of fire, often EMS, often and, and law enforcement, nearly all of that time. So one of the things our industry needs to work on and is a little difficult is taking off that first responder hat and putting on that customer service hat. So sometimes when you call the tow company, uh, um, they can still kind of be in this first responders mode. Um, Realizing how you're approaching them, I think, can ultimately affect the way um, that you're treated and that you're handled and how that communication goes moving forward. Again, if you find yourself in the unfortunate circumstance of of having kind of been on the receiving end of a compulsory or non-consent tow. Well, well, thank you. 
Um, is there any common misconceptions in the you know about towing companies that that maybe you'd like to put to bed? Yeah. Um, so here's one we get a lot. Um, we get the uh, the the you're in cahoots uh, with the law enforcement um, that uh, that or, or with whoever whoever had the the the, the tow originated the tow. Um, ethics laws and, 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 and laws in general prevent that. Um, I'm not aware of almost any circumstance of that. In 10 years as, as a regulator and issuing um, fines and penalties, as we have the ability to do in the state of Arkansas, um, I'm, I'm not aware of a case ever that we've had um, where there has been any sort of undue collusion between um, law enforcement or anybody else uh, in, in terms of that. And it's understandable, right? Um, you know, uh, we're as a logistics company, you're running around trying to solve all the problems that you have and run your business in an efficacious way. And and then here comes this big hassle, and there's lots of moving parts to that hassle. Um, the other misconception that I would say um, is uh, that that tow companies are adversarial. Um, <clears throat> that does not have to be the relationship, certainly. It's a broad industry and there's a, all kinds of folks out there. Um, and so we, we have seen and I have dealt with people who seem very adversarial, but most tow companies are, uh, I find, made up of business owners that are looking for common sense solutions, are trying to move their business forward in the same way that you're trying to use your business forward. And they're just looking for some reassurances. Um, mm -hmm. If they feel like um, they're being heard, that the communication is high, that they're getting requests, and that this is a mutually uh, engaged relationship, you're going to get a lot farther um, um, than um, calling kind of primed and ready for a conflict. Got it. Well, that's good. Great stuff. Um, do you have any advice on how trucking companies can read or interpret a tow bill and maybe some common terms that are used that might not be explained very well or something that they might see on their bill that, you know, maybe can get, you know, a little, you know, yeah. communication might get a little, little sideways on. Yeah. So um, it's also important, important to realize that if you've, again, engaging in a non-consent side, so that means you've had an accident or, or DOT stops gone bad and now your car is getting towed, your assets getting towed. Um, most of the time, uh, a tow company will have a rate structure that they're obligated to go under. Most of the time, those rate structures are not actually set by that tower. Um, you, you know, a city council often or police agency in, in the terms of a city or municipality, even the Arkansas State Police or other state police agencies will set their rotation policy and often set those rates. Um, so how they bill um, as, as a tow company or how we bill as tow companies are, is very often a facet of our interaction with those agencies. Um, uh, even on state levels, there are many, many states who have a, a regulated fee structure um, um, from a state level. And what those bills look like and how they reflect can often be very dictated um, by statute. Um, so there's not a lot of variability or options that the tow company has there. And so if some of the bills seem to not make sense or, hey, you know, if I was running this business, I would present that in this way. A lot of times it's important to think about that that's not an option for a tow company. They have to reflect the charges that they're allowed to charge under their regulatory authority. 
Um, the second thing that I would say about that is the most t- typical um, uh, methodology we see for um, for billing is um, billing by the hour. So it's a simple facet of um, determining an hourly rate for the equipment, um, how long the equipment was out there, and what we could, uh, what equipment is necessary. Uh, one of the other ways that we see kind of growing in popularity for billing is billing by the pound. Um, that allows for a little more variance in the way um, that was billed. So if it was um, recovering a container truck full of paper um, and it was laid on its side on asphalt in a sunshiny day in a relatively safe operating environment, um, you could see pretty easily how that bill might be billed at a different per pound dollar rate or cents rate than one that was flipped over in a median in a really bad spot in a blind blind curve. In that second example, there has to be a lot of forward traffic mitigation. Um, A lot more assets need to be deployed. And just in general, the recovery and the taking care of that cargo um, uh, is much more difficult. And and at that point, you're going to see that to be higher. so those are kind of the two primary methodologies for billing that we see. Um, and it's always going to be a question of judgment call. Um, how much equipment did you need? When did you need that? Um, and realize that sometimes from a towing company, it's, it's a little bit difficult to predict all of those things exactly. Mm-hmm. And when to deploy those assets and how to deploy those assets becomes part of what's really critical. <clears throat> It affects yeah. things like um, the time on the side of the road. And, um, and most wrecker operators, tow operators uh, across this country are or are getting traffic incident management trained and certified and traffic incident management prioritizes how we construct our recovery on the side of the road. We look for secondary accidents, lane closures. Um, it would be an ideal situation to just be able to take some barricades out, block the highway off and get where you need to get. Sometimes it's just not possible. Um, our law enforcement partners will not let us shut down um, key traffic lanes. These are your highways as well. We don't want to see your trucks be involved in secondary accidents because we've shut down a highway and traffic is now at a standstill. Mm. Um, so understanding uh, those sorts of things and asking questions, I think, is really appropriate. I, I just I think that goes back to the point that I touched on earlier, which is um, don't come with uh, with conflict uh, kind of pre supposed. Um, yeah. I think most tow companies are happy to uh, to respond to questions about their billing, are happy to provide clarity on those. Um, but you know the tone at which these things are requested, I think often sets, uh, sets the stage for how the rest of that relationship goes. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Well, one thing comes to my mind, you know, cause I see a lot of tow bills that come across the desk here and, um, this is just a, a fun one for me, but just explain to people what a snatch block is. Oh yes. So this is, this is actually really interesting. So a snatch block is a great piece of technology. It's an old piece of technology, but it's essentially like a block and tackle. So it's a pulley system that you can hook to certain places that enhance the, uh, the way that your winches um, recover and operate. In fact, you can double the strength of your winch um, by using a snatch block. 
Um, and so it's a it's an expensive piece of equipment that is actually a consumable. These things don't last forever as they get used and as they have these big loads put under it, um, they need to be inspected. Um, and one of the ways that a tow company might use a, a snatch block is if you can picture a winch and a winch has a rating on it, let's say 20,000 pounds is the recovery capability of that winch. Well, that is measured at a lower level of wraps for the, the wire rope or cabling that is on there. So if, we were, if we're going to keep 100 or 200 foot of cabling on uh, one of our recovery wreckers, if we stretch that line out 50 feet, we still have several layers of wraps on that winch. And so that winch does not rate at 20,000 pounds. It rates at less than that because it's having to turn a larger cylinder based on those wraps. So if we put a snatch block or um, a recovery block on the thing that we're towing, we run our cable out through the block and back. We've now lengthened our cable. We have reduced the amount of wraps on there. And now our uh, winch is functioning at its fuller capacity, closer to 20,000 pounds. Now, that may not seem like that big of a deal. And, and you, you, know, you get a bill and you say, why was I billed for this? The difference between the recovery capability of a full 20,000 pound winch and a, uh, a winch that has several wraps on it may be the difference of calling another truck. So that snatch block increasing the winch capability of that truck may have caused and may have been the thing that allowed them to do that without having to call another truck and costing you significantly more money and more time. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. And one other thing that came to my mind that you shared um, that I want you to highlight. Um, I know it's a very large number, but I don't remember the exact statistic, but you talked about um, setting up the side of the road properly to keep your people safe. What is the statistic? And, you know, it doesn't have to be exact, but uh, uh, towing uh, operators and, you know, your employees, you know, it's, it's one getting- every it's one every six days. Um, one uh, tow operator is struck on the side of the road in the U.S. every six days, and it's far, far, far too much. It is a wow. it is a, a really dangerous operating environment that our people are in. Um, we're very focused on that as an industry. We we we, rock, we try very hard to um, increase the training, and that again that goes back a little bit to what we the trends that we're seeing in the industry. Um, um, so so those. Those sorts of things um, really matter to us. We, we are very, very concerned about our people um, and, and also about the assets and equipment that we have on the side of the road. All of these things go to color and effect. Um, let's see. Sometimes the temperament that we get with uh, tow companies, um, because um, what we see is tow companies more and more often investing in things that make their operators safer. Um, traffic cones, lane closures, a second truck to get before our other truck um, to alert traffic and get them to move over. Um, we have in most uh, states and federally now a slow down move over law, um, but people don't follow that. And so what we do is very often we'll put a blocker truck um, some distance from the rest of the scene. And I myself have been on a heavy recovery accident um, I've been on a heavy recovery accident scene where my truck was stuck, uh, was struck um, by a semi that was coming along. Now, because I had taken the opportunity to put a blocker truck out there, it struck the blocker truck. There was nobody in the blocker truck, and it totaled that truck. Um, and, and that really saved lives. It saves lives of those people and potentially me. 
And uh, I've got six kids, man. They want me to come home every night. Um, That's right. um, so, so sometimes we put those things on there and those are necessities for us to be, remain safe on the highway. Um, it, we can get a little prickly if we receive pushback, um, especially when it's colored like, hey, you brought all these trucks out there because you're greedy and money hungry and you're just trying to screw me over and bill me for these things that are necessary. When in our minds, many times those are absolutely vital safety items that, that we have to have. Trucking companies are business owners as well. If you have to take a forklift out and load something, that asset and the operation of that cost you something, um, yeah. those need to be fairly represented in bills and prices. Absolutely. The last thing, uh, Matt, I want you to cover is just because uh, we've talked about this before, which is um, coverages, you know, insurance coverages that that trucking companies have sometimes leave, let's just say, gaps uh, when it when it comes time to settle the towing and storage bills. Yeah. Could you talk a little bit about about that? Yep. This is this is a national issue. Um, um, and so what we see is a trend from insurance companies. Uh, to essentially just have a $5,000 limit on the towing and recovery side of uh, these things. Now, I'm sure that this is in response to some bills somewhere that, you know, may in fact have been over uh, inflated or just, you know, runaway or high cost um, for these. So, you know, we understand as an industry very well cost mitigation. Um, but, uh oftentimes from a regulatory standpoint, we live in a world of unintended consequences. And so when we see these mm -hmm. things propagate out throughout um, the industry in, in unbalanced ways, now I have a, uh, a major accident that I have literally millions of dollars of equipment out there recovering for some period of hours. I have lots of manpower and hours. I also am responsible for the abatement and cleanup of the cargo, storing the cargo, all of these things that, that go into the business. And um, I'm staring down the barrel of a potential um, $5,000 check and you can get the rest from the trucking company. Um, that puts me on guard. Um, we see that happening more and more often. It's interesting to note that um, on a nationwide survey, most tow companies have 30% of their um, heavy accidents just abandoned with them. Um, wow. So that's 30% of my operations that I am by compulsory means um, required to get out there and, and clean up. Otherwise, our highways aren't clean. Otherwise, our law enforcement officers and the motoring public are affected by that, that I'm not getting paid for. Um, that number has been increasing, unfortunately, um, partially due because um, we have uh, trucking companies who, um, you know, are trying to save a little cost and, and, um, you know, click the box that, that limits their tow coverage. Now, that's okay to do if, if you are managing your business in such a way that you're setting apart funds to be able to compensate for the things that may happen. Um, I'll tell you, unfortunately, too, I, uh, from my perspective, there's probably a lot of trucking companies that don't even know how their policy responds to towing. And especially if they just made a switch to a different insurance carrier uh, that might have been lost in translation, never relayed to them. And so uh, many companies might even be shocked and surprised when they learn they only have $5,000. Yeah, we had a uh, we had a, a kind of a panel meeting with our state association. And I think it was eye opening to see um, for them how frequently this thing is being used. 
we buy insurance as well. Um, um, and our insurance is really, really high. And so it's tempting, like you, like you mentioned, Ray, Raymond, when we're changing quotes to look at the bottom line and say, this one's 5% cheaper and that that's money that can go back into training and back into my operations. Um, and they may not realize it's a, it's a fair point. Um, companies may not realize that there are these limits in that policy. Um, yeah. The other thing that happens is, is that our industry is often hurt by the lowest common denominator. I'm not in any way kind of denying that there are uh, uh, tow companies out there that are less than scrupulous. I mean, we do not like being defined as uh, by them as an industry any more than the trucking companies, I think, like being defined by the uh, rogue operator that's running underinsured that hasn't maintained their trucks and that is 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 able to go out and cut people's rates because they're not operating safely or on a level playing field. Um, that's right. Yeah. So so I think it's it's incumbent upon both industries to really take a hard look um, at the people who are driving these issues and to try to figure out a way to abate those. Um, I think the other things that will happen um, if if so potential downfalls right other than the fact that um i as a record company i'm going to hold the cargo um, um and the truck until i can um, be reassured a reasonable form of payment a lot of times that's getting pushed off to brokers which are straining relationships with brokers and um and uh, ltds and other people that they're um, going with there's also the relationship yeah. Yeah, there's also the relationship to consider with owner ops, right? Because, um, you know, your whole assets tied up into that. Uh, if you're a trucking company and you, you've got uh, coverage on the load and you've got your trailer and an owner's op, um, all of that can get hung up at a tow service because of some um, gaps in insurance, we'll say, or underinsured in, uh, facets. Wow, that's a really good point. Well, Matt, that's all I have for us. Is there anything that you would uh, that you would like to end on or say? Um, no, really. Other than uh, I, I think that there's a, a lot of desire out there in, in in our industry to work in better harmony with the trucking industry. I personally, we have a lot of customers that are trucking companies, and and, uh, and I think that there is a lot of mutual benefit that can happen from good conversations and. and Back to it's one of the reasons I appreciate these sort of dialogues, Raymond. I think that when we sit around the table and when we air these issues, we find commonality and pragmatic solutions that move both industries forward in reasonable ways. That's right. Well, that's why I get along with both towing and trucking companies. You know, it's that it's two industries that are cut from the same cloth. It really and, is. 